For some people, Christmas has come and gone. Leftovers are being eaten, and decorations are being put away. But there's another holiday for millions of Christians around the world. This sweet bread comes covered in various symbols and has a hidden prize inside. We're celebrating an Orthodox Christmas and discovering the history and origins of Chesnitska. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Season's Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Season's Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. So please take a moment and subscribe so we can have other listeners join us at the Christmas table. If you have a quick minute, please leave a review for the podcast. It lets me know how I'm doing as well as helps others find the podcast. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Seasons Eatings can also be found on all the socials. All these links can be found on our website, seasonseatingspodcast.com. And while you're at the site, if you're feeling extra generous this holiday, you can buy me an eggnog. Every donation goes towards the running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. And finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for future episodes, or just say hello at seasonseatingspodcast.com at gmail.com. About 400 years ago, many Orthodox churches decided to follow a 2,000-year-old calendar that's different from what we use today. It means that some 260 million followers the third largest Christian denomination, hold out until the January date in line with the Julian calendar to celebrate Orthodox Christmas traditions and customs. That calendar predates the Gregorian calendar we know and use today. For much of the Western world, Christmas is celebrated on December 25th, according to the Gregorian calendar. Yet in a distinction that dates back centuries, Orthodox Christians follow the Julian calendar and mark the festival on January 7th instead. In 45 BC, Julius Caesar of Rome created the Julian calendar. And back in 325 AD, a group of Christian bishops met to decide when to recognize the birth of Jesus. They needed a date for Easter, the most important holiday, and so chose to follow the Julian calendar a solar calendar that Julius Caesar adopted in 45 BC. But the Egyptian astronomer who calculated the Julian year overestimated the length by 11 minutes. It doesn't sound like much time, but fast forward a few centuries, and the date is nearly two weeks out of sync. In 1582, Pope Gregory XIII decided that the Christian holidays had drifted too much, So he met with astronomers and proposed a new calendar, the Gregorian calendar. It solved the issues and more of the Christian world adopted it, except for the Orthodox Church. 
The Gregorian calendar means there is an occasional overlap of Passover and Easter, something Orthodox Christianity refused to accept. One of the countries that celebrate the Orthodox Christmas is Serbia. Orthodox Christmas focuses on religious rituals and traditions. It's a time to find peace and unity and heal the soul. As such, they do not observe materialistic or commercialized traditions such as the exchange of presents or decorating the tree. And many people observe 43 fast days before Orthodox Christmas Day and give up things such as meat and dairy. In Serbian tradition, every family has its saint patron, and once a year, on a day that patron is celebrated, there's a big family lunch with guests, a candle, and a bread cake. It is called kolač, and it's made of wheat flour. And now, for the Christmas lunch, there are two bread cakes. One is the regular kolač, but the other is a special Christmas bread cake called česnistja. The name of the bread comes from the Serbian word čest, meaning to share, referring to the fact that the bread is cut and shared with family and friends at Christmas. The česnitsa is usually made from wheat flour and baked on Christmas Eve or early Christmas morning by the head of the household or the woman of the house. The water for the dough in some areas are collected on Christmas Day before sunrise from a spring or a well in which a handful of grain is thrown. It is called the strong water and it's believed to be imbued with a beneficial power. The preparation of the bread may be accompanied by various rules. The flour is taken only from a full sack. The water for the dough is collected from three springs. And the person who prepares the chesnitska must bathe before preparation. In eastern and southern Serbia, after they needed the dough for the Chetnitska, the head of the household or the woman of the house take hold with dough-strained hands of the fruit trees, beehives, and cattle to make them more productive. That diversity is present even today through generations of passing down the story of the Chetnitska. In most parts of Serbia, it is made as a plain and simple bread. The women of the household wakes up early on Christmas morning when the first church bells start to ring to bake the chesniska while the rest of the household slowly gets out of bed to the delicious smell of freshly baked bread. Traditionally, only wheat flour should be used, combined with fresh spring water and pig lard. The simplicity of the recipe in some regions comes from the fact that for a long time it was populated by incredibly poor families that could only afford the basic ingredients. On the table for the Christmas dinner is a container of wheatgrass that was planted on St. Nicholas Day, symbolizing a good harvest, usually festooned with a ribbon and a lighted candle. After toasting with some plum brandy, or a potent blend of whiskey with warmed honey and spices, wheat grains are sprinkled over the guests for luck and prosperity. Only then does the feasting begin. While the bread is made, a coin is often put in the dough during the kneading. Some families use the same coin from year to year. It may be a valuable piece. During a time of famine, the emperor put out an excessive tax upon the people of Caesarea. The tax was such a burden that each family had to relinquish its few remaining coins and jewelry. 
Learning of this injustice, St. Basil the Great, who was the Archbishop of Caesarea, came to the people's defense and asked the emperor to change the tax rule. And he did. He cancelled the tax and told the tax collectors to turn over all coins and jewelry to St. Basil. St. Basil then baked all the treasures into one large bread and cut a piece for each person in the town. You'll probably remember that I talked about the king cake or the twelfth night cake that also has uh, can be baked with a coin inside. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. In other families, there are other objects placed in the dough, and each and every one of them has its own meaning and premonition. There is obviously the obligatory coin with the same meaning as before, then a small piece of a front door called the house, meaning the person who gets it will have the most power over the family in the next year. There's a piece of the European Cornell tree, and if you get the piece of the tree, you will have perfect health for the next year. There's a piece of wood called a car, meaning that you're the master of the family vehicle. Or you could get a bean, meaning that you'll have to work in the field. Or a small part of a grapevine tree, meaning you'll spend your year as if you were drunk. You could also get a piece of corn, meaning you'll be very, very prosperous in business. Sometimes there's a pumpkin seed or a green string bean. Or you could also get a nut piece or a chestnut. Some families also use a piece of basil, which obviously makes sense for the Saint Basil. And in some regions of Serbia, little figures carved from Cornell wood representing chickens, oxen, cows, swine, bees are also put in the dough. In Semberia, which is in northeastern Bosnia, families insert a piece of the first splinter produced in felling the badnyak. In early morning, the head of the family goes to the forest to cut off a young oak tree. It's an old Serbian Christmas tradition, and people still do that in the countryside. Often many men go for this task, and the ritual, of course, is involves drinking. So you can read many jokes on social media about going at 6 a.m. for the bagnac and returning home at 12 as drunk as a lord. Bagnac is originally a big oak log that burned the whole night before Christmas in the fireplace while people would sit down and talk around while it was burning. Similar to the Yule log that I talked about in my episode about the Bush de Noel. The Chesnitsa may be used for divination in some regions. In Bosnia, when the dough is shaped and ready for baking, a number of notches are cut in the upper surface of it, and seeds of various crops are placed into the notches. The more a notch has risen when the Chesnitsa is baked, the more productive the crop whose seed is in it will be in the following year. In Jadar, in western Serbia, a number of the embers of the bagnac equal to the sum of grain and livestock sorts grown by the family are taken out of the fire and placed on the Chesnitska. Each of the sorts is associated with its own ember on that loaf. The sort whose ember retains its glow the longest than the others should be the most productive in the coming year. To ensure an abundance of grain, some people like to place a bowl filled with grain on the Chesnitska. 
In 19th century Herzegovina, two men would rotate the Chesnitska between themselves, one of them asking, Am I protruding from behind the Chesnitska? And the other responding, You are a little. The first man would then say, Now a little, and the next year, not even a little. The purpose of this conversation was to invoke an abundance of grain in the coming year. A similar practice was recorded in the 12th century among West Slavs on the island of Rudja in the Baltic Sea. The Slavs were adherents to the cult of Svantovit and had a big temple dedicated to the god Cape Arcona. Saxo Grammaticus described in the book uh, 14 of his Gesta Danorum the festival of the Svantovit, which was held annually after the harvest in front of the temple. In one of the rituals, a round loaf of bread covered with honey, with a diameter equal to a man's height, was held vertically in front of the statue of Svantovit. The priest of the temple went behind the loaf before asking the gathered people whether they saw him. After they responded that they did, the priest expressed the wish that next year they would not see him. The aim of the ritual was to ensure a rich harvest of grain in the following year. So join me as we have our Chesnitska at the Christmas Eve dinner after the break. If you're like me, you have fond memories of Christmas's past. When you settled in with your family to watch cherished Christmas classics like Rudolph, Frosty, or maybe you remember trekking to the theater to see big holiday releases like A Christmas Story, Home Alone, and my personal favorite, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I hope you'll rediscover a piece of that innocence while shopping at retrofestive.ca. While you're here, why not pick up some gifts for your loved ones? We're always posting new items. So be sure to check back often. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. From leg lamps to moose mugs, puzzles and pop culture, Retro Festive is your one-stop online shop for all your holiday gifts. Visit retrofestive.ca and be like Uncle Eddie and get something for you. Something really nice. Don't you wish the holidays would last the entire year? Well, now it can. Head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com where you can enjoy the holidays all year long. You can chat with other Christmas enthusiasts on any topic you can think of. Movies, books, cooking, decorating, anything. If it's about Christmas, it's here. Joining My Merry Christmas is completely free. But if you become a premier member, you can enjoy extra bonuses such as a yearly Christmas card exchange and Kringle Radio, Santa's exclusive Christmas radio station. For only $19.95, you can become a premier member of MyMerryChristmas.com for a full year. So head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com and start enjoying Christmas all year long. The best part of Christmas for me has always been the Christmas dinner. In Serbia, 
Some families kept the tradition of setting up Christmas Eve dining table on the floor. Some straw is placed on the floor to evoke the atmosphere of the stable where Christ was born. That's the only day that people sit on the floor together. This tradition comes from ancient days when the dinner was served for the living and the dead. That's why it's on the ground. But most families today will serve the Christmas Eve dinner on the dining table and have some straw placed underneath it. If the meal is on the floor, the blanket is spread on the floor and then put a tablecloth on top of it. And on that you put your plates, your food, the leftover candle from Slava last year, and the ceremonial bread. All around are pillows to sit on. And traditionally they have baked beans, some fish, pickled vegetables, red pepper with garlic, baked pumpkin, dried fruit, and nuts. But before the family sits for dinner, the badniak is taken into the house. In some families' tradition, it's the father who brings it in, with the children following him like chirping like little chickens, and the mother of the house is greeting them by showering them with sorts of seeds and uh, mostly wheat and corn from her sieve. Christmas dinner begins around noon, or sometimes even earlier. The family members are seated at the table and stand up when the head of the household gives a sign. The head makes the sign of the cross, lights a candle before sensing the gathered relatives and saying a prayer. After which they all kiss each other while saying, Peace of God, Christ is born. The head and another man of the family hold the Chesnitska between themselves, rotating it three times counterclockwise. The Chesnitska is then carefully broken among the relatives, so each of them gets a piece of his own piece of the bread without a crumb falling off. Up to three pieces of the loaf may be set aside, one for the absent relatives, if there are such, one for the stranger who might join the family at dinner, and one for the Polaznik, the first visitor on Christmas Day. The rest of the Chesniska is consumed during the dinner. The family member who finds the coin in his piece of bread will supposedly be exceptionally lucky for the coming year. The head of the household may try to buy the coin from this lucky relative. Each of the other objects hidden in the bread indicates the segment of the household economy in which the person who finds it in his share of the chesnika will be especially successful. In some regions, such as the Bay of Kotor or uh, Bukovica, the chesnika is not broken and eaten at Christmas dinner. Instead, it is placed on the table or nearby with a candle stuck in it. The head of the household lights the candle at the beginning of Christmas dinner. In Bukovicka, several olives or bay laurel twigs are stuck around the candle. In the Bay of Kotor, the date in which the Chesnitska is eaten varies from place to place. It may be even 20 days after Christmas, on the Feast of St. Sava. In some areas, only half of the Chesnitska is consumed at Christmas dinner, and the other half is eaten a week later on the Feast of St. Basil the Great. The dough for the Chesnitska is considered an enriched dough. That is, there's extra ingredients to enhance the flavor and the texture of the dough. For basic bread, you only need a handful of ingredients. You need flour, water, fat, salt, and yeast. An enriched dough starts off like a lean dough, except it has higher concentrations of fat, sugar, and dairy. 
This dough produces a super soft interior with a tender crumb. It's often termed billowy as the dough is so soft that it just billows and pulls apart tenderly. So why does the addition of fat or dairy to a dough make the outcome so much different from a lean dough? Well, the answer is fat. Fat, whether it's from milk or butter or eggs, tenderizes the dough by coating and shortening the gluten strands. Fat also helps retard the yeast activity, requiring a longer fermentation time, which ultimately leads to a dough with much more flavor. Now, the difference is by adding the fat, dairy, and sugar to the dough, it does tend to make the dough a little bit heavier. Ever had a cinnamon roll that was ginormous and you swear it weighed like six pounds? Well, that's because it's made from an enriched dough. The ingredients for the chesnitska are like most enriched doughs. Flour, salt, oil, milk, yogurt, sugar, and eggs. First you bloom the yeast, then mix in all the wet ingredients, and then add the dry. Let the dough rise, shape and place all the decorations on the top. Bake until done. And you can use a springform pan to make the dough a little easier to remove than using a large cake or pie pan. Or you can freeform the shape for a more rustic look. And there are a few different ways to make the bread as well. Some may make a large loaf and score the top so it can be easily torn apart and given out. Others place a large ball of dough in the center of the pan and place smaller dough balls around it. This makes the balls of bread easier to pull apart and ensures that everyone gets an equal portion. Because of the tradition of baking the bread and sharing it with the people around you, there's actually a large version made every year and broken in the Republic Square. The Republic Square is one of the central town squares in an urban neighborhood in Belgrade located in the Stary Grad municipality in Serbia. The only difference that this bread weighs almost 50 kilograms, and that's being turned around by a large number of citizens at the same time. So on January 7th, when many people have already celebrated Christmas and New Year's, and some may already have their tree put away for the year, remember that millions of other people are celebrating their Christmas, surrounded by friends, family, and great food. Even if you aren't part of the Orthodox Christian faith, take some time on the day to pause and reflect. And maybe you'll be lucky enough to get the coin hidden in the Chesnitska for prosperity in the upcoming year. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And please, if you can leave a review about the show so you can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eatings sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. And I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a big help. 
And if you're feeling extra generous this holiday season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Seasons Eatings also has great items for you or your loved ones for the holiday season. So head on over to SeasonsEatings.com, click on the Merchandise tab, and find your next great gift. I'm your host, Glenn Warren. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there covering that topic. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at christmaspodcasts.com. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.